0: Oh, man, it's so nice just working on some stuff for season two. Oh, hey, Sam, uh, what are you doing here?
1: Shut up, Cameron. We got to talk about the election.
0: Wait, what? Hello, everyone. I'm your host and casual computer analyst, Cameron Buzard Jamari, and I'm joined yet again by
1: Sam, your political analyst for this episode.
0: So, Sam, why are you here? <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. I have dragged you out of hiatus into season two because we have to talk about the Iowa caucus and what happened there.
0: What's the Iowa caucus? <laughs>
1: Oh, what's the Iowa caucus, you ask?
0: Yeah, this isn't a bit. I'm not forcing this at all. What is the (laughs) Iowa caucus? What, did it happen recently?
1: (laughs) Yes, so the Democrat primaries, uh, this past Monday, it finally started in Iowa. Iowa goes first, and the Iowa caucus happened. And normally, a a vote occurs, and we find out the results, and life goes on. But a special thing happened in Iowa, in which due to technical technical difficulties there was trouble getting the results back and it took them it was like three whole days to get the results all right
0: hang on i need to rewind a little bit because believe it or not i know a lot of things about the world i don't actually know a ton about the inner minutiae of America's political system this early out from the election. So the primary season is us figuring out who's going to be our candidates, right?
1: Yeah. So right now, the Democrat Party is having a primary so that the members of the Democrat Party and also in some states, the general members of the populace can decide who's going to be the Democrat candidate for the presidential election.
0: And the Iowa caucus was the first time people voted to Help whittled out the candidate from the, was it like five we have right now?
1: Yeah. So Iowa goes first, New Hampshire follows shortly thereafter, and they are very excited about the status they have. <laughs> like the Democrat Party has tried to change it before. There's been talks of. Um, having like every state vote at the exact same time, kind of like you would a presidential election and not having this staggered system. But there's been pushback by states like Iowa and New Hampshire who really like their status at being first. And so it is a point of pride of them. So yes, it, it just it's how it is. It starts in Iowa.
0: Now weirdly enough, we don't actually care about a lot of this do we? Because what we're specifically focused on, what the pre the pre-warm-up, let me take you all behind the curtain. <laughs> The, the specific reason you wanted to talk to me today was actually less about this specific – well, it was about this specific primary, but it had to do with not the actual process. It was like a mix of – you lo- you were so fascinated by the Iowa caucus, but also something happened with an app that was kind of buck wild, and you wanted to talk about it.
1: Yeah, so what I'm bringing here is not actually anything about the results. I – I won't even tell you what they were. I don't really care at this point. Okay? <laughs> what I care about is because of what happened in Iowa is that the results were expected to be released and then they weren't for a while and it's um it's fascinating how that happened. They were going to use an app for the uh delegates to be able to tell the main Democratic Party, like who, how many delegates each candidate should have, and then they were going to convert it to state delegates. And I can see your eyes glossing over. I feel like I need to explain oh God, the whole I hate caucus every system. Every
0: single word <laughs> in this, I don't even want to know about the caucus system. <laughs> if we're being totally honest, let me let's let's rewind a little bit. Okay, so normally at this time of year, in the most interesting way we can possibly fathom, because an audio medium and I don't have a lot of visuals or right, anything I, I can show anyone, so we need this to be <laughs> as interesting as possible. Human beings in the United States who are able to vote have to figure out who is going to be, in this case, the Democratic nominee for president. That that was the, the, the that's our starting point, right? Yes. Now the Iowa caucus is the first time people are going to vote for that stuff, right? Yes. I'm, I'm not kidding, guys. Everyone listening at home, I'm, like, literally, like, processing all this information right now.
1: I can see, like, the steam coming oh, out of and his this ears. Is not, this
0: is not a big room. Okay. So what happens, so there. there's lots of, like, their districts and delegates and all this stuff. All these pieces go into electing the people who go into electing the specific nominee in their layers. And this is what you're about to tell me.
1: Yeah, so I find this all really fascinating. (laughs) So just hear me out. Iowa's special because they're still in a caucus system. So what that means is that people, so there are actually like sixteen hundred districts.
0: This is already bad
1: in Iowa. So you find a you're a person who's a voter in Iowa. You find your closest district. You go there at like seven p.m. local time on that day and you go, it's like usually a big gymnasium and you're gonna be physically there. You're gonna walk in, they're gonna make sure you're with the Democratic Party. And if you're not, you could change to the Democratic Party then and make sure you're eligible to vote. You're gonna be given a piece of paper and you're gonna write your first choice candidate and your second choice candidate. And then they're gonna sit everyone down a gymnasium. They're gonna have at different corners of the room where the candidates are, like these like billboards. And they're gonna say, okay, everyone go to the candidate who's your first choice. And then people are gonna physically move to the side of the room where they want to vote.
0: This is like a relic from horse-drawn buggy days. Dang. It
1: really is. Like this is
0: wild. That's like crazy. This is an amazing way to get out of work though. Like (laughs) I wouldn't change this (laughs) system if I was a normal person who wanted a day off.
1: Like it's yeah, it's quite it's so fascinating. And so then that's at, one
0: word for it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then at this stage, um, these, these are the rules for 2020, is that any candidate that has uh, at least 15 percent of the people are at that candidate, then that's that's the threshold they meet. So they get those delegates. But if any candidate has below that 15 percent, then they tell those people, okay Now you're going to we're going to do the realignment vote. So basically you're going to move. So you have three choices. Those people could either move to another candidate or they could try and win people over from some of the other candidates to like get people to their candidate or they could just leave and not vote at all.
0: I think I would leave at that point if I'm being (laughs) totally honest. Wow. Okay. so that's that's intense. And then so what's happening is on Monday on February. What was that? Third.
1: I think so, yeah.
0: Iowa, people went in Iowa to gymnasiums to mm-hmm. stand in an area that represented their vote for a human being.
1: Yeah. And then once that was all done, the officials in those areas, as of this year, this was a new thing. They were using an app to tell the main Democratic Party or like the main people in, you know, that's overseeing Iowa, telling them, so out of your area, how many delegates? should these people have tell us what are the results and they were supposed to get all those results and break it down because so iowa itself in the national sense they only have 41 delegates so you gotta it's so weird so you gotta convert what that information is given into how just 41 delegates are given i gotta jump in
0: i gotta jump in all right wait (laughs) so there's an app involved we ran right past that part so what (laughs) hold on we have to rewind okay so there are 41 delegates Yes. What does the app have to do with the delegates? Also, what is this app?
1: (laughs) So think of it as I said how there's like sixteen hundred districts in Iowa. And let's say each district has so many delegates, like Iowa delegates, okay, based on this app, they're gonna give their results at each of their individual locations of how many How many voters were going towards, like, Bernie? How many were going towards Biden? How many were going towards Warren and Buttigieg and so on and so forth? They're going to give those results. And then once all the results are in, the, the main Democratic Party in Iowa is going to say, okay, Iowa, the state, has 41 delegates to give out to candidates. Which candidates get which of those delegates?
0: Okay. Based on how awful that was to hear... <laughs> I understand why you would want an app because that sounds like the worst possible thing on the planet to do by hand or in person or whatever. So is is that it?
1: Here's where all this broke down. It's with the app.
0: Okay. I think I think as soon as you said app, everyone kind of jumped to that. And we were <laughs> we were watching you run around this hedge maze trying to find the
1: entrance. So what happened was this app was new this year. I think in the past they Uh, like phoned in or someone was there. Like, I don't know what the system was. Email, I'm not sure what it was. Somehow there was another way of communication and not an app way of communication. So the app had a coding error in it. And because of that, um, there was a problem in that it wasn't actually releasing the results to the main party. The people that could submit their results, they just weren't getting to them. There was also another problem with the app in which a lot of people were having trouble even downloading it. The people who made this, they were trying to make this app so secretive that they didn't put it on, like, the normal, you think, like, Google Store or Apple Store. Like,
0: Okay, I can work with this. I know where you're going. (laughs) I know what you wanted. Okay. Okay. All right, let's, and this let's, is
1: why this is why I need you, Cameron. I need your help with this.
0: Okay, so first off, yes, I have heard of this incredible app and its many many issues. As I recall, the app itself, according to the company, didn't have any issue collecting the information. What happened was there was a parent or sibling service that was have to supposed to do with the aggregation and export of that data. Mm. That that was where the coding error was, and this okay, is yeah. So. I will now do big computer annoying things that people will find either very interesting or then stop Please, listening.
1: Because I just did big annoying political <laughs> things. So you have so, to, this is revenge. Off,
0: first off, I don't want to dunk on anyone because if there's one thing I've seen in my years as a software engineer, I do in fact do the coding, do the big computer boy stuff. <laughs> there are all sorts of times where people with the best intentions are like, this is dumb. This government thing is dumb because it takes forever and you have to do it by hand or like mm-hmm. think about taxes think about how annoying taxes would be if you didn't have like turbo tax and stuff it would be exhausting and it takes so much time and there are literally people out in the world right now that you can talk to at your local starbucks they're wearing glasses and are usually over the age of 60 who can tell you of times long ago where people did everything by hand <laughs> and it sucked yes So I I get it. I get why you would want to create apps, but we also live in a digital age where technology is, we've seen it like can be misused and exploited all over the place. So in this case, we have like the most fundamental of computer mistakes. Like at its root, what happened was there are a bunch of services, little like widgets of computational purpose that all talk to each other and do different things. So one piece is like, I'm going to collect all the information from all these doodads, Ah. and then I'm going to make that information accessible to this other service that should be reporting that information. And that app wasn't doing its job. That's how I understand it, given my limited knowledge, because that's the second problem of this is there is a philosophy in security called security through obscurity. Mm, Because we know we have Russian hackers and all sorts of crazy stuff to deal with in America, lots of organizations choose not to publish how they do what they do or what services facilitate what they do. Because they, this goes a step beyond protecting a system to say, you don't even know the system exists, so you can't hack what you don't know exists. Yeah. So for these guys, it makes sense that they don't want to get out there that there is this service that is being used to actively determine who is going to be the next elected candidate. And that, that kind of thinking it's, it's not uncommon. Lots of companies do this. Lots of big companies do this. The problem is depending on who you are, where you are, this can make sense. And if I recall, some government organization was working with the DNC and recommended that they actually keep the name, not just the name of the app or the fact the app exists, but also the name of the company that made the app secret.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, because I remember reading about that, that they had some consultation. I think it was from Homeland Security.
0: On the one hand, it makes sense to want to hide the fact that this thing exists, because think about who's using it. It's just for Democrats in these very limited use cases Mm -hmm. where they have to deal with caucuses and primaries. So it's not like it needs to be on the Play Store. It's not like it needs to be out in the world for just anyone to download. Yeah. But at the same time, it a lot of the times, despite everyone's expectations to like make a secure, well-behaving app, sometimes people will just be like, well, honestly, we can not... We tried our hardest, but you know, we have that extra little buffer of people don't know it's out there, so we might be a little more safe because we only need it for this limited context. So in that case... They can think that this is okay. And then the second part of it is the fact that they kept the organization that made the app secret. Because if I know who made the app, you might not realize this, but it's not just me exploiting the app, finding the app and doing stuff to it. If I know what the organization is, I can actually go attack the organization directly and figure out information in their system that can help me screw with the app.
1: And so all the stuff about them keeping it secret, I get that. That makes sense. But I think there was a problem in that there wasn't enough communicated to the users of these app to the people that needed to report the results. Because what was happening was a lot of them were having trouble, you know, using it. And if they can't use it, then there's no point. And a lot of them were having trouble even signing on to it because there it was a multi-step authentication uh, mm-hmm. thing that they were using, and they weren't able to get onto it. And then I think. Another thing was, was like, they only released it like a week, like two or three weeks before the actual caucus to these people to play around with.
0: So to the best of my knowledge, there is in fact an ingrained timeline here. There is in November, they were designing this app. They were testing an app. They were still designing. You think, oh, it's November. All right. Let's assume we have November, December, January. So that's at least three months to do stuff. I know people aren't working during Christmas. You know people aren't working during (laughs) Christmas. That's true. No one's working during the holidays. Let's just cut at least two weeks out there. So we still have November. They're still trying to finalize the behavior of the app while they're testing it. Mm. What you may may or may not realize is, is it's hard to test and have confidence in something that you are still building. It's like building a rocket ship while trying to fly it into space. You can have as much confidence as you want in it, but at some point it's hard to make sure that you put all the pieces where they're supposed to go.
1: Yeah, and how how do you know you're doing all the right tests when, like, things could be changing daily? Like, that seems difficult.
0: Yeah, and so here's the thing is let's step back. Let's do our swaying the small stuff thing, which is we don't want to dunk on anyone here. We want to think of it from the bigger – let's pretend it was was any organization building an app, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to design my app. I'm going to start building the app. and let's assume this is like the most agile, we're going to build it super quickly. And I know agile means something specific in the computer world, but let's pretend for now we're focused on, I just want to build this app quickly. So I need to build this app. So I build it and then while I'm building it, I'm periodically testing it to make sure it's behaving how I expected. Then when it's in a state that I'm confident in, not necessarily the final state, this is the probably one of the most important things, especially when you have a specialized app like this is you need training. You need to give people time to learn how to use the app because they're not going to know how to work it on day one. And also the version you give them initially is probably going to have bugs in it. Bugs that as much as you try to figure out what they are, you, it's just hard to know what they are. It's the product of, you have lots of people on lots of teams working on lots of parts of one big app. All sorts of things can go wrong and it takes time. It just takes time.
1: Yeah. I mean, isn't this the reason that a lot of video games now have beta testing where they release a version like out to the public and people can play it for free just to see, all right, that we built this thing that we thought was per- perfect. Let's see if it actually is perfect.
0: Yeah. And that that is another thing, which is video games, lots of apps that we interact with every day, their intention isn't for a very limited use case. The goal of most apps isn't, Like Google isn't releasing the, it's the 4th of July, let's get you to a barbecue app that only matters on the 4th of July to get you to barbecues. They're releasing Google Maps, Mm -hmm. which has the purpose of getting you from point A to point B that you will ideally use throughout your life. In this case, however, it doesn't make as much sense to have rolling releases. You can't say like alpha build, beta build like this because if you mess up by the time you are depending on it for the caucus, there's not anything you can do. And if I recall, didn't a lot of people have to default to just calling in what was happening?
1: Yeah, so what occurred was that A lot of people were not able to use the app, so they were calling either whatever hotline was set up, and they were reporting the results over the phone, and that just became a madhouse because there wasn't enough people able to take calls from everyone, and that, all of this slowed the process way down where they just had to go, okay, we have paper records because we made sure to keep paper records of what all the votes were, so we're going to have to go back to the paper records and count them up.
0: This Actually speaks to a very important thing when you're designing any technology for an organization like this. This is another moment where I want to step back and say, like, don't think about this as the election. Think about any organization that's about to release an app that is fundamental to their ability to operate in an organization. Mm -hmm. Like you're not just the DNC, you're any company out there. There are actually steps you want to take in terms of assessing what your current business strategy is if something goes wrong. And these are known as business impact assessments. And. A lot of the times they're recommended for any sort of new technology, any sort of new configuration, working with a new vendor, any of that stuff, when you're a big company to say, what happens if this vendor screws me over? What happens if this technology can't deliver? What happens if someone's locked out of their system? How do Uh we recover from this disaster? And. On the one hand, I wanna believe that this was maybe part of that. There was some sort of table topping, some sort of hypotheticals. What happens if day one, the we need to use the app, the servers are down, any number of things has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to fall back? And quite frankly, because this happens every four years, we know that there was probably some prior systems that they could always lean on because people were doing this for years prior oh, to Oh, yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, it didn't feel that way. It didn't feel like like it felt like this was happenstance because if I recall, the phone lines themselves were also being overloaded by the sheer volume of calls.
1: It was just all around madness. And it wasn't, I mean, going back to the political stuff, it wasn't a good look for the Democratic Party because this was all happening. And then oppositions to the party were then going around on Twitter and everything and saying, oh, this is proof that they don't know how to handle things. Oh, this was proof of, you know, you can't trust these results. Like those scandals were going around. So it was it was not a good look, even though they had this backup.
0: I mean, this is always a problem when you're a company that's trying to bring technology in is you want people to trust you and have faith in your technology, but technology itself is a weirdly opaque thing. Like if I told you to pick any app on your phone and tell me how does it work, does it talk to any external services, what does it do? I will bet even the most tech savvy person cannot tell me with 100% confidence all the things any one specific app on their phone is doing.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. I couldn't tell you anything. <laughs> I would be completely lost at that question. And the
0: scary thing is these are some, pe- if I understand this correctly, some people were just using their own personal smartphones and they were being told that you were to download basically not an app, a specific file that is installed as an app onto your phone from a third party website that itself, if you. Attackers knew where it was, could have put anything there because you have to bypass your computer's own expectations of what to quote unquote trust what's installing something to install this app. And this yeah. is before you even get to the install issues. There, There's like the two sides of that is like you need to give people a reason to trust you. You need to have privacy statements and notices and consent and all this stuff when you're installing an app mm-hmm. to say, I at least acknowledge the risks that come with this app. Whereas here, this was a requirement of helping facilitate the caucus. That opacity makes it hard for even the people who are using it to trust it. And then there's just the bigger context of we as Americans want to believe in free and open elections. We believe in transparency in our democracy, right? Mm -hmm. And yet technology is this weirdly opaque thing that we want to bring into our election process that is so hard to say that I trust it.
1: Uh, that, that could be a whole other discussion of technology and the election system, and uh, that could, yes.
0: And so that's the thing, is like, on the one hand, it, yeah, it sucked, but on the other hand, it's kind of just the direction things are going. It's not something that you can expect to not have happen anytime soon, and... I completely understand why they wanted this. Like if you have a something that complicated where you have so many people who have to stand in a gymnasium and do all this, if you can figure out a more reliable way to do it faster, I get that. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, you need to build in transparency and trust to the technology. Otherwise, it almost doesn't matter what you do if no one believes in the system. And this is actually where I want to quickly point out the names of the organizations <laughs> that were involved. Because yes, when I read yes, them, please. I legitimately <laughs> thought this was a typo. So in the end, the company that was tasked with building the app. So the company that was responsible for building the app was originally called, I believe it was Groundbase. But now they're Shadow. They were acquired by another organization and now the company oh, Shadow it. is building an application to track the Iowa caucus and Shadow is backed by a progressive nonprofit and winner of the 2020 B list bond villain agency name <laughs> Okay acronym I thought I literally couldn't believe there's like it sounds like when you're making a parody villain of like
1: like a Bond villain. Now that you say it's called
0: acronym, and the thing is like at the end of the day, this is just how the world is. Like weird named companies have to work on all sorts of crazy technologies, and we trust them. We need to builds this is why i always want people when they're building any sort of technology doing anything to be transparent about it because we we're trusting companies all around us with our data with our lives with our democracy Mm -hmm. and we need them to at least be open with us and as much as everyone wants to say like this is bad this is bad look at how silly everything was like it's not the first time this has happened and it won't be the last
1: Oh, of course not.
0: And through this conversation, I do hope we've given you, A, a glimpse into how crazy the Iowa caucus is. I did not know that was involved. I did not know <laughs> right? gym. I didn't know people still had to go to gymnasiums and stand like that.
1: It's It's insane. Yeah. And one big thing I took away when I was reading about this initially and brought up this idea was a part of their failure was due to how cautious they were being. Like they were trying to be so secretive and cautious because they were afraid of people hacking in to the system. And hackers into our election process is a real thing. It's a real threat that has happened. But because of that fear, it led to the app failing.
0: I think – That may be the most poignant way to end this episode. And with that, Sam, where can we follow you and learn more about your incredible insights into our political processes and (laughs) all the other fun things you do?
1: You won't find any political things, but on Instagram, you can follow me at lil.baby.banshee. That is L-I-L dot baby dot banshee. And you will find my adorable cat. And you can also follow my food blog at thesampler.blog.
0: And all your swaying the small stuff needs can be found at smallstuffshow or smallstuff.show. You know what? Just go to the website, smallstuff.show, get your episodes, sl- check out our Discord, find places to donate, check out all of our cool stuff, bios, whatever. And
1: look at a very nicely designed website.
0: I am very proud of it. And I'm going to blow everyone's mind because I did not design the website with Squarespace. Squarespace <laughs> no! is not, this is not sponsored by Squarespace. I intentionally <laughs> do not have Squarespace. Take that Squarespace. Anyway, I have been your host, <laughs> Cameron Edge Mary, reminding you, from movies to media to the world around us, and I do mean the world around us, it's details like these that make it worth...
1: Sweating the small stuff.
0: They stand in the gymnasium, though?
1: Yeah. For a how gymnasium. Lo- For, For how long? At least two hours, oh I think.
0: Oh, my God.